been a while, guys. I don't even know how to start. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up? Ladies and gentlemen, this is New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular attenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows. I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. Mark Sherry, the second best pastoral candidate of the month, right behind Simon. You're about to be the only pastoral candidate. That is true. Yeah. Lord willing. Lord willing. Yeah. Uh, and I am Gary Fox, associate pastor of the month, two months in a row. That's right. Because you're the only associate pastor. <laughs> what was I, I gave someone, oh, Simon responded uh, to an email. Uh, quicker than all of you guys. So actually, no, yeah, I, oh, I gotta yeah. give. I have to give Simon and credit because that was just last three, week. Three minutes me. isn't enough lead time. Talking about I, the email. Came. It was Simon. Simon responded Simon first. first before me. Yes, yes. and then you. I'm gonna look it and up. Then I don't know. Look three it up right minutes now. later, I get chastised for not responding before both of them within <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> Where's Mark? Yeah, because as quickly as I sent the text, letting everybody know that Simon responded first and it was quick it was like within three minutes uh, I had to, uh, I think I was within five Pastor Gary was within five or six um, but yeah anyway no can't not, you say four or five five or six it might have been seven honestly so that's the perfect number several several sorry we're not perfect like Simon <laughs> anyways what's new with you all it's been a minute since we've done this we were on the ball for a little bit. We had it recorded it so a week good. ahead of time. We had a system, and then it fell apart. It was a system for only like two weeks anyway. That's but, true. That's true. But we were on. But it was working. It felt like a system in the moment, though. Right. Right. It's just like when you wake up and like you make your bed and stuff. You're like, my life is together. You know what I mean? Like you think like you this a new a right. new chapter or like if you're diet, you know you're on a real diet. You did good all day, man. It's like oh, this is a new a life. I have a new life. <laughs> new year resolution. Maybe that should be our New Year resolution for January. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Well, you're going to believe that after January once we get this going. Mark turned me on to something less unhealthy. I can't say it's healthy, but less unhealthy with these things called, what are they, corners? Oh, yes, popcorners. Popcorners. The best. So, like, most potato chips is like 280 calories per serving. These are 160, which is still kind of a lot, but... But in my mind, it's like half, you know, almost, of before, and they're good. It's just popcorn chips. They kind of look like Doritos, but they get yes. flavors. And they don't get stuck in your teeth. That is true. Well, sometimes a little kernel really? sticks a little in there. It's, yeah. it's worth it, yeah. No. Yeah, it's worth it. I don't floss, so no, that's terrible. <laughs> that should be a New Year resolution. <laughs> what was it? Gary, it Gary's famous down. saying is like, I take a shower once a week even if I don't need it. Even if I don't need it, no matter what. <laughs> Every time he says that, like it just. Man, I swear, if my if my kids could, I think they would only take a shower once a month, literally. If they if, if they were allowed to, I don't know that it would register with them that you they smell like it? dead animal. No, Rose wouldn't let me. She would she would she get the hose out and start spraying go. it down. Going out back, kids. Mm-hmm. Got like soap and water. That's funny. Oh man. Anyway, uh, maybe real quick, let everybody know what you're reading. What are you reading? The Bible. Yes. So I am reading Ecclesiastes, and that is the only book that I'm currently reading. Okay, that's good. Yeah. How about you, Pastor Jerry? I just finished, like this week, um, Wayne Grudem's book on divorce. Divorce, uh, I think divorce, it's divorce and remarriage. Divorce marriage, yeah. yeah. Real interesting. Um, biblical exegete, you know, coming out of, the, getting into the Greek and, and so forth. So that was... That was interesting, really interesting, because he didn't always believe. He was much more strict before. You know, like, is it if it is it ever appropriate to divorce? Like, even right. if a spouse is cheating, is it 
you know, or or if that is appropriate to divorce, is it appropriate to remarry? Under what circumstances? And blah 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 blah. All these debates, and he kind of just like deals with explaining from the original languages in the context and the history of the day, the way these terms were being used to help us under navigate that stuff. So, did he push the two clause view, which is kind of the historical Christian view of? Under the case of adultery and abandonment of an Blows it up. Really? Where he because in is it first Corinthians sixteen where he says in such cases seven. Yeah. Chapter seven. Chapter seven? Right. Or sixteen. I don't even know if there is sixteen chapters. There are. There are. But that's the last okay. chapter, and it's not that chapter. <laughs> but he gets into, believe it or not, builds a whole case out of the way in which that was a phrase, that was a Greek phrase that was used in other contexts that Paul lifted. You know, he used a common in such cases. So what he was saying is that this is one example of several different kinds of hmm. severe in this in his context, severe marital justification, you know, justification for divorce in such cases. Interesting. So it's so he, he's arguing that it's uh, certainly not a willy-nilly thing, but in cases of, you know, he would argue, and he makes his argument, but like for physical abuse, uh, be, uh, not, not abandonment, because that, that would be one of the clauses. Physical physical abuse is the big one, one yeah. of the big ones. That you're not, because uh, those people, whatever those cases are, they're no longer bound but free. So if, if like a husband is basically treating his wife like, you know, a slave, like that's right. not the picture of biblical marriage at all, mm. and so this person is bound by this by mistreatment. It's a I don't I'm probably not explaining this well. Yeah, but I, no, I've, well. I've looked into that. I've always been a two clause guy, but you know you have your votum vote come no clauses. There's no exceptions. It's is he like saying you're that as a me, general? No, no. He's saying that as a fact, as a as a uh, everlasting you know, arrangement, and he goes, you know, all right, so what would you rather have, your wife cheat on you or cut off both your arms? So she cuts off both your arms, because most Reformed people are two-clause people. Um, and so a lot of people say, let her cheat on It's an abandonment of uh, an unbeliever, so they're an unbeliever, and they abandon you. It's not like, you know, they get angry and go stay to Holidays in for a few days. It's complete abandonment, and then uh, adultery. So those, those are the two that most folks fall into. Then you have your voting welcomes, no clauses. And then there's, there's even folks beyond the pale of Wayne Grudem who are like, you know, she burn your dinner. It's not working yeah, you know, well. well. I'm not happy. So, you know, it's funny. When Rose was gone, I have five books on my schedule to read that I bought and have not finished. And I thought, I'm going to finish at least two of them when she's really gone. She left, she left with her sister to go watch their other sister's kids in you Florida. You didn't finish one, did several, I didn't even pick them up. I literally... You went to bed at like I seven o'clock at night. I cleaned <laughs> for Rose the entire house, top to bottom. Stop. I, I'm not kidding. Okay, Mr. Her, Perfect. I mean, yeah. I mopped okay. floors. I cleaned toilets. You can come and inspect the house. It's probably still clean. Um, I wrote and I just, poetry. I, yeah. I wrote well, a no, song. I didn't do any of that. No. But I did. I, I even put the folded. I put. I folded and put the clean laundry away, which was a big, big step for me. You know what would make her really happy? Do if it you learn how to swing a baseball bat. <laughs> wow! But it's not a baseball bat. See, I can swing a, a baseball bat. I can't swing a softball bat. You see, there the is difference? a difference. <laughs> so hitting a softball is way harder. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. 
Because it's so much bigger. No, 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 no. Yeah, it, I, I think what I just fast, said was so. what I just said was learn how to swing a baseball bat, not learn how to hit a ball. Mark may be able to hit a baseball, um, but Mark needs to learn how to swing a bat. That's, that's what I said. Did you guys hear what he said? He says, I think too fast. I, th- it's, you know, I love that. Softball is just too slow for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a t-shirt that says, I think too fast. I'm two steps ahead. <laughs> I already see the ball going over the fence. And so by the time I swing, it's just never the right time. Yeah, you hey, play you baseball. Know? Don't tell me there's not a major adjustment. Because with baseball, when the pitcher, when the pitcher is cocked for sure, you need to be making your motion with your foot to step forward into the... I don't think that there's a major adjustment between that and slope and softball. The ball goes arching up. It's like a beach ball. You know know what would be just switching topics? You know what would be interesting to share with the audience is, you know, we're we're working on the security team on beefing it up. What if we shared a new feature for each week for a new non-lethal self-defense that every person should carry? You're really, yeah, you're into this. I I introduce to you Palm Industries pepper spray. Mm-hmm. It's it's very small. It has a safety latch on top, so you don't spray yourself in the eye. Uh, Twenty. I got two for twenty five dollars. Since Rose uh, doesn't listen to podcasts, I got one for her for Christmas. Sure, she's gonna love it. And so non lethal. If, if she if she listens to this episode without me and Gary saying anything, or a listener, if we find out that one of you listeners let her know, if she, she does and she finds out that you got that for her. You've got to take her out to a dinner of her choice, her night, and Gary will fair, watch your fair, kids. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. And Gary watched. All right, fair enough. I and mean, that sounds like a treat for me. Yeah. I'm going to tell her when I get home. <laughs> I should have come up with something. You know what, better. Mike? So here's a tip. I would give as a tip for non-lethal. Gary's got, guns, Gary's muscles. He's got his left fist. <laughs> crunch and munch. But in my case, they're lethal. So one of the things that uh, actually, wow. and then we'll, we'll move on. One of the things that uh, they, uh, police officers back home, like in West Virginia, have told my mom over and over uh, is to get wasp spray. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wasp spray, they say, is great, especially like if you're hiking. In West Virginia, you run into like a black bear. in trouble for carrying like, it. They're, it's great to have. Who's uh, going to carry around a can? Well, you, you, can get, you can get it in a smaller can. Okay, it's not okay, like okay. the big, huge ones that you see in, like, Home Depot. Yeah. Um, but, like yeah, they'll also shoot out to, like, 15, 20 feet. That's a good, that's yeah. a good idea. We'll have to test it out on oh, I've seen. I've like, seen a, would you like to be I've there? Seen <laughs> I'm sure we can just find some YouTube can, videos. The big can of Hornet spray in their car type of thing. Someone tries to bug them. They got it at Costco. It's, like, the size of a fire extinguisher. It's one of those round-up big jugs. That's another thing. What if you just carried a fire extinguisher on you? And then if it runs out, it's a metal object. Yeah, what are you going to do with that? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do with this spray? If thing? the non-lethal this didn't is, help, then you is, use the lethal metal of it. This isn't a humble load. <laughs> hey, look. You're man. not going to hit Joe Pesci or spray him in the face. He's going to fall backwards onto a bunch We're of ask Michael, what, what's, your self, what's your defense of your home plan? Like, what's your plan? He's like... I got hornet spray. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I and, got. And I got a spray. bedroom window. I'm hopping out. He has say, a Aubrey, God. here's the hornet spray. I'm going out the window. He has a baseball bat because he's so good at hitting softballs. I watched this video and this guy was talking. He said, um, there's like always these videos uh, on TikTok. And it's like, what would you do if I broke into your home? And this one's just this huge dude. And it goes to this guy and he's like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He's like, I'm running. I'm out the door. He's like, now I know what you're thinking. I got kids, right? He's like, but I'm thinking that I've trained them well enough to know they got to run too. 
And if they don't, then I failed as a parent, but I won't fail as a man. I'm getting out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's pretty cool. great. It's like I told you guys at Nashville, we're walking around the streets at Nashville, since you guys are safe when you're with me because I can scream like you can <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we're going to be talking about Santa Claus and yoga. We're going to start out with Santa Claus. If you're interested in the yoga part, you'll have to skip ahead, uh, but we advise you to stick around uh, for the whole thing and listen in. Because it's relevant. We had a, we had a listener uh, question come in. And the question was, what do we do about Santa Claus? As Christians, is it okay to teach our kids about Santa? Um, is it unbiblical? Or are we sinning by doing so? Pastor Mark. Yeah, so I, I think there are different categories. So there, there are parents who wholesale teach their kids, as matter of fact, that Santa Claus is a real supernatural being who knows everything they do. As you know, he's he's basically God, and he gives them gifts or he punishes them with coal, and they 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 don't put that in the they put that in the category of truth. And, and he's fact, coming to their house. Yeah, and he's Literally. coming. Right, right. And and so it's it's exciting for the kids, um, as sure. are all fantasy stories, but they fail to delineate from the truth. And so what happens with some, and I don't have any statistics, I just know a couple experiences, is as kids grow up, they're hearing about Santa Claus and they're hearing about Jesus. Some of them hearing more about Santa Claus than Jesus, oh, yeah. especially around the holidays. Right, it's all about Santa. And so the kids start to Well, it's all older. about being good for the sake of that yeah, gift, too. Yeah, yeah, right. Earning anyway, works. Yeah, and and so, so as they're growing up, they realize, wait a minute, a friend tells them or maybe one of the parents slip, and they realize, I've been lied to my entire life. Have I been lied to by Jesus? Right. And How so, long did you believe the lie? Oh. 14? I think my parents were like Pentecostal holiness. Uh-huh. So I found out last week, and it really <laughs> it was it kind of a surprise to me. So you uh, said what? <laughs> that wasn't Santa Claus kissing I, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I, I I can't recall it. I I rem- I don't think my I think my parents were very careful and did not push it on me as matter of fact. My parents did. Oh, did they? Dude, yeah. Santa Claus is coming. Everything you just said. He's keeping track of you. He's got a list. Like I believe all of that stuff, right? Mm. And we were going to the Baptist church and learning about Jesus and all. Like, I do remember that there were these two supernatural characters as a kid. And it's like I look back and it was like, because obviously at some point I figured it out. But like, the way I would describe it is like it it opens the door to like what what I do. Keep going. You just Keep said going. at some point I figured it out. So Mark and I, people don't get to see this. I wish we did like a video <laughs> podcast. Just so we can see, see each other's facial reactions. Anyways, it's just because we're brothers. We just... Anyway. Sorry, Gary. So at some point, I don't remember how old it was, but it does open up thoughts of the possibility yeah. that this Jesus isn't real. And this was passed down. And parents teach this to children right. to make them behave and all of these things. And it was like, did I articulate it that succinctly in my mind? No. But it does, it's like the first opening of doubting right. uh, supernatural things. Yeah. Because you think about the things that we say about Jesus, virgin born, raised yeah. from the dead, yeah. created everything. The Red Sea was parted, you know, the, the feeding of the 5,000. All of these things are every bit, if not more fantastic than Santa Claus can get around the world in one night and do all these things, you know, so it's like, it, it did, 
I kind of do remember a little bit of that. You, it doesn't help build faith, is no. what I would say. Like it no. does not promote and, faith building. But there, there, I think there is a fun, pure, fantastical way you can present this to your kids. I think you can still do it, but you have to be careful. So. My kids have been getting, I, I've been telling them stories every night, and they love them. And, and last night I told them about a story of the planet that Izzy came from. Um, and, you know, Izzy's our little purse dog, and, I, you know, she comes from another planet. And I created this elaborate big story. And Lily goes, oh, I believe you, I believe you. And Nathan's like, no, that's not true, that's not true. The entire story is back and forth between them two. And I said, hold on, like, like many of the stories, most of the stories I tell are fictitious. Right. So yes, but enjoy the moment. So I, I'm not against you know, putting up a Santa Claus in your house. I'm not against telling a story, but I do, I, I always think we should balance that with the truth of, hey, you know, St. Saint, Saint Nicholas is an actual historical figure. He actually punched Arius, Arius in the face. He was a heretic pushing, you know, that Jesus was not God, the homo usius versus homo Do you remember the specific thing that ticked off Santa Claus? The homo, homo the, usius? When he said, he was saying basically that Christ was the first created thing. Oh, yeah, that's the homo usius. And right. Santa Claus went, right. bam! And that's where and, uh, Arianism and semi-Arianism comes from. But I think, I think you can tell it as a story, a fun story like anything else, right? We tell allegory, like in Christian children's books, they're fictitious stories. Narnia. They're allegories. They yeah. teach lessons, right? Yeah, the the Chronicles of Narnia, whatever it might be. So I do think you can do that carefully, thoughtfully, uh, but you want to be careful to delineate between this is fact and this is fiction, right? And fun. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what I would say. Now, there's some parents out there that are like, the whole thing is pagan. Don't don't introduce any of this stuff to them. Keep them far from it. It totally distorts any meaning of Christmas whatsoever. In fact, even a lot of our Calvinistic forefathers wouldn't yep. even celebrate Christmas. Right. In Boston, I think it was outlawed for 12 years at one point. Mm. Outlawed. Mm. Could not celebrate Christmas mm. because of all of the paganism that was coming in with it. So there is that reaction that some people have. And there's a little bit of logic to it. You start thinking through it. It's like, yeah, we're not pagans. So why would we do that? You know? Um, but it's excessive. The Bible doesn't describe us. We're to be in the world, not of the world, of course. But when you're in the world, that means you're eating the food, you're mm -hmm. in the culture, you're living with the people. And um, and then when you're dealing with kids, they are, if you don't teach them, uh, uh, what's the word, fictional characters, right. they'll make them up. Yep. They just, they, they live in a world very in between and out. Right. Imagination is a big part of the kids' experience. So I always push and, back. But we, but we read, like even as adults, like we read fictional things. And I think I it's the movies. Yeah. yeah. So like I read from, I don't mean to cut you off. I'll let you get back to it. But like even the Gospel Coalition had a, a good article about like books to read. And they had good theological books. Yeah. And then the one thing the guy said was get in a rotation and throw in a fictional book. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. just let your mind like. Not like go to a different reality, but just read and challenge yourself. Like a, a lot of fictional stories have like a, got a lot of good, meaningful truth, which I'll get to, you know, with the story, uh, the Christmas story in a minute. But I mean, know. the second greatest book ever written, I think, was Pilgrim's Progress. Yes, absolutely. And that's all allegory and fiction. That's really good. So, uh, when I push back, when I hear about these parents that are like absolutely no Santa Claus, like at all, like don't even say his name, almost right. like it's taboo. 
why are you why are you going to that extreme down? Like, but you would let them watch Veggie Tales or you right. want them, you know, that type of thing. Like, if my my opinion or, or my counsel would be treat Santa Claus and Rudolph and the elves and all this stuff for what it is mm-hmm. as a character of fiction. You know, and it's fun. And you can you can it, it obviously comes up at Christmas time. So I just think there could be ex- extremes that are not biblical right. on this thing. And kid, both ends. And you, you have to push the truth element because kids oh, sure. are not able to. They do not have, the as, as young as some of them are, they do not have the mental capacity to bifurcate between the two. They just, they literally, reality and fiction, they, they blend for them. Mm-hmm. Like Lily, when she was... This was actually a couple years ago. We'd watch a movie, and she'd say, is this real? And I'd say, well, what do you you mean by, is this real? Well, did this really happen? Well, no, sweetie, it's just a movie. And it would be a cartoon. It would be any movie, because she she didn't have the capability of doing that. Yep. Right. And so we need to be careful to do that for them. Right. So the answer would be, is it sinful? And the answer is no. But there are some definite precautions to, I think, have in place and just... Uh, for our house, you know, Santa uh, is someone who tells us, you know, what they want, um, which is true because when we go to the mall, uh, we've, you know, sent Maylee up for like a picture with Santa and we'll hear him talking with her and we're like, we had no idea she wanted that. And, you know, Santa's always like real loud, oh, you want an LOL doll? And it's like, <laughs> okay, like, thanks, Santa. Like, so again, like, that's not, not true, but she knows, like, we tell her, Santa lets us know and we buy it. It's also true because she writes letters to Santa, right. and um, you know we're we're able to to get that information that way too. And there's just things like in, in Maylee's mind, you know, like our, our five year old is uh, she's constantly changing what she wants. So like we are getting those ideas through that. Um, but he doesn't um, come and deliver these presents to us. But there's also I think the some of the precaution is like we treat Santa like God by attributing attributes that are only tied to God yeah. to him. And, um, like, I, I think of the almost like the omnipresence or, and omniscience, like, mm-hmm. the he's all knowing and, and judging. And, and yeah, right. and, and judging. Yeah, like, <laughs> what? Like, and then I don't want my child, you know, being good because they want a gift. Right. Now, I know that we incentivize our, our children in many different ways, um, but I'm not incentivizing them because Santa's giving them a gift. I'm also, by the way, not spending more money in one month. And giving credit to another person, right? Uh, I want some credit. You worked for no. that. <laughs> and, I, and I mean that. Like I want Maylee to know, like there was mom sacrifice dad, made yeah. by mom yeah. and dad. Like, and that that might sound silly uh, to some some of our listeners, but it's just true. Like because I I want her to know, like you you quit believing in Santa, or like you you fully grasp that he's a fictional character. Um, maybe later on in life you like understand like he's not really telling us anything like we converse with you throughout the year we know what you want we know what your needs are um, but like I, I just don't want to like give them this idea that like this is their their guy you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. like he's doing all these like, or like my yeah. hope like my you said something I'm gonna I, let me just tell this little story yeah not a story per se but you guys have to do a follow up podcast is it fictional or non fictional no this is real we so can't, Naomi we can't and I, figure it out. We're not going to So, because you said Santa Claus is able to dig out of the kids what they really want, you know. So, our kids have more toys. Like it's ridiculous, right? I get so sick of seeing their toys. Like, 
And so Naomi and I are like, because like every aunt, uncle, everybody, it's just like, it just is yeah. nonstop. It's like they're never going to play much. with these doggone toys. So we got this brilliant idea that we're, we took our Christmas budget and we're not buying them toys this year. We were, what a wrench, man. We, we booked a vacation to an indoor water park in Nashville. So here's our brilliant idea, right? So, like, they're going to wake up, and we, we'll probably have a little something for them. But their suitcases are going to be packed for them and wrapped, each of them. And they're going to open up the presents, and there's going to be the suitcase, and they're going to be trying to figure out what we're doing. And we're like, let's go right now. We're going to get in the car and drive to Nashville, right? It's going to be, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, to us, this is a great idea, great idea. We go, we were in Gatlinburg, right after Thanksgiving for a few days and they had a Santa Claus Santa, they sit down on Santa Claus they get a picture with Santa Claus oh, oh, oh little boy what do you want you know and they start going through this list of, oh I, I really want I can't remember this dirt bike thing or whatever it is. and Naomi and I are looking at each other going oh man I think we're about to ruin their Christmas <laughs> this is coming from the guy who throws empty gifts in the fireplace yeah. when his kids miss oh there's this a helpful tip context. parents it's, but if you got a fireplace, wrap empty boxes in Christmas wrap and put it under the tree like a present. And then when the kids are being bad, you accidentally them, grab the wrong one. You say, <laughs> "It's you the say, suitcase box." If you don't stop being bad. I'm going to take one of the presents under that tree and just one right in the fireplace. And then inevitably, they're not going to listen. They're going to keep doing it. You get up off your chair, grab an empty box that they they think is a present. And chuck that thing in the fireplace. Man, I'm telling you, they, they will be crying, but they will stop it. So, so moral of the story, fictional Santa good, uh, elf on the shelf, evil oh, from the Lord. pits of hell. We have one. And I'm telling you, <laughs> you there's, something, in your house? there's something demonic about it. Yeah, he's got a weird little twist and I don't think face. I don't think Rose is moving around. I think he's moving on his own, like legit. It's Caleb. <laughs> Caleb probably. Man, gets, I, I don't know. Chucky. Whatever it is, I don't. I don't touch it. I don't. I don't think about it. He terrifies me. I saw him hovering over my face. House? What? How did that thing end up in your house? Oh, who do you, Rose, of course. So, oh, that wasn't. Where else would it come from? So we understand that there there are there are even pagan roots to Christmas, mm-hmm. but it can be redeemed and be used. We can right. talk about like that all too. Like, like all the holidays, which yes. and this all plays into the next part of the segment. I so mean, yeah. So what, what's another pagan practice that can be redeemed today? Yeah, I mean, one of my favorites is yoga. I'm really good at yoga. Um, you're, are you really? A lot of people don't know this. Oh. I, I can Mark barely touch a, my Mark, toes. Mark we just talked about not lying. He's a 10th degree yogi. Yeah, I'm a black belt in yoga. So, um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yoga, uh, what is it? What is yoga? Um, let's start with like Yo, the uh, origin of, of yoga. Uncomfortable for one. Well, yeah, for guys of your age yoga is perfectly fine except for the part of where where it damns your soul to hell but the rest of it's pretty good i'm kidding i mean i'm not kidding but i i'm i'm no yoga expert i probably looked it up three times in the last week and i can never remember all i know is it's associated with hinduism as i understand it yes and it and it's every every uh movement everything originally was associated with spirits and inviting the spirit world into your life as a positive energy. That's 
That's the historical bad, roots. Bad just, just like, just like with Christmas, it goes back to the I think the Germans and everything from the tree to the wreath to the tinsel on the tree is all from the fertility god, and it's all sexualized. Um, same thing with Easter, with the bunny. I mean, really, any most pra- Halloween. Uh, you know all these all these practices, all these holidays. They go back to most of them go back to a religious movement at a time that took head traction. It spread, and then the saints saw it. They saw how popular it was, and they actually redeemed that for the culture. Uh, so Christmas, Prime Easter. Example. Yeah, I mean all all of them pretty much. Uh, it, it, another great one is rap rap music. Rap music, I think, in its initial stages was innocent. It wasn't. You know how it is, how it was in the '90s, the 2000s, and then you had Christians who came along who grew up in that rap culture, which was all you know, just like rock when it came out, uh, or a few you know, generations after, but years after it came out, was about rebellion, sex, drugs, anti-authority, and I mean even the word rock and roll refers back to a coitus in a car because they saw the car rocking and rocking and rolling. Um, so, so basically, Christians over time have redeemed rock and roll. They have redeemed rap. When you have Paul Washer, who's probably one of the most stringent preachers of our day, uh, on, on external, so lucky. I and, think Paul and, Washer. Yeah, and, and he's when he's saying to the reformed rappers, uh, what, what's that movement called? Um, uh, it's something hop. I don't know. It's cr- Christian hip hop, basically. When he looks at the rappers who are re- rapping reformed rap and saying you have redeemed this from the culture that, that gives you pause to at least consider it might be the case right yeah so here from the internet you can see like it, it talks about it says yoga is essentially a spiritual discipline um, based on an extremely subtle science so um, it does go back to Hinduism uh, we get that we get that uh, yoga really in its its roots and foundation um, was some kind of pagan practice for sure and it still happens yeah, let's- because uh, I want to make this point. There's a big distinction I would make between the Christmas tree and practicing yoga. And we're going to define these terms. What is yoga? Okay. Yoga is still prevalent around the world as a spiritual pagan exercise. When I say exercise, I don't mean the stretching. A spiritual discipline. Okay. The Christmas tree is no longer associated by pagan. That that tree. That pagan teaching is no longer, that's dead. There's, it's not an active thing. Yoga is still very much active in the Hindu world for sure. Um, and so I do think that that puts it in a different category. It, it is a contemporary pagan belief system. Right. So um, what you have is like Western culture, you know, like we moved out of like, so this is really, really prevalent, um, I'd say in the Middle East. I mean, based off of what I'm reading, so I'm like open to correction. I mean, I'm, I've got it up right here with some resources and, and whatnot. But um, here today, um, Mark, if I was going to ask you, like, what is the yoga studio in Medina? Like, what do they do? Like, what's their... And obviously there's other ones, but like sure, the sure. general I mean, American understanding. Gen- yeah, I mean, I think it'd be stretching and breathing. I, I think the instructors bring in some some level of spirituality into it but i think most like yoga moms um that go and i know there are men that go to yoga that's fine not my thing um and by fine that's not fine in my opinion but you go ahead and do it 
But I, I don't think they're going to worship the God of self. I think they're doing that regardless right. of the class. But I, I don't think most people in our culture are thinking, oh, let me let me go invite spirits into my life. Sure. And they, they already have that outlook before going in there, right, if they have it. Right. So I think I think it's general, kind of like Halloween. I don't I don't think most, you know, parents sending their kids out trick or treating are thinking, "Well, oh, let's 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 let the yeah. demons out." Now then, so so this is this is good. So and I, this is a point I think we need to really emphasize is that yoga is a belief system. Okay. Now you can call stretching yoga or whatever. But if you're not associating the belief system with the class, then you're not doing yoga. And I would bet you that if you asked a true yoga adherent from wherever, is what these Americans doing, yeah. is this yoga? Yeah. They would say, no, it is not yoga. Right, because yoga we do is, that. We do that with marriage, right? Yes. So, like other yeah. people have taken and hijacked marriage, and they call it marriage mirage. Um, mirage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and we would say like, no, that's that's not marriage. You're calling right? like it we, that, yes. but it's not. Yes, good example. So right. so yeah. So um, can that word be redeemed, though, Pastor Gary? So you did research. So we've started this this class. Uh, Miss Kate Lopez is doing it and killing it. Um, heard nothing but good. Killing um, the ladies in it. In a, in a good it's, way. it's vigorous, right? That's what I mean. Killing the ladies in it? Aren't there That's, ladies in it? But she's killing them? She's killing them? Well, don't, if Gary's hey, trying to be hip and young. I don't, think that, use, I don't think that word is, I, means cool. When you leave the gym, don't you? If you don't feel like I wouldn't say dead, like the. That's like, that's like 90s, brother. That's, I, think I, you, I, I think you'd I say the workout killed you, but I don't think you'd say like. Killing Kate, the, Kate's let's killing, killing the girls. So if you're stretched out with your legs over your head or whatever, you don't think Kate's killing you? I would leave there and be like, man, I'm dead. But I wouldn't be like, Kate killed me. If I was doing that, I'd be like, Kate's killing me. All right, I hear you. I probably just wouldn't say Kate's <laughs> killing the ladies. <laughs> You're killing the mood, Gary. What if I said Kate's trying to kill me? Um, so, so we talked about it and um, in going into this uh, because it's super beneficial. And we're going to get into that, like the stretching and everything. But the the name itself, we came to a consensus, the pastors of, of New Hill, that we could move forward with that name. Um, it's not the Hindu practice. Like we're not having a practicing. Um, pagan, a pagan practice going on in our church. And it's right. in parentheses. So it's not the name, it's in parentheses to clarify, to distinguish from the Hindu practice. Mm-hmm. That was at least our initial thought. Right. So the word is, it is an old word out of, and I can't remember off the top of my head the language, but it's whatever they were speaking when they were doing Hindi? Hindu. Yush? Yeah, it's like... It's, uh, the yoga word is derived... Uh, the word yoga is derived from the Sanskrit root... Sanskrit. Uh, Y-U-J. It. So, and it means bind, okay? The, the, the Hindus, the pagans, took a common word, yoga, or what we would now say yoga, and they loaded it with spiritual meaning. And Christians have done this as well with baptism. Baptism, or baptize, was a common term that would be used for all kinds of things when you were talking about dunking something or submer- submerging something. That's why, in fact, we believe in immersion, baptism, because the word itself means immerse. It means emerge, or, or yeah, emerge or submerge. The word yoga, so my point is this, the word yoga by itself 
is not a sinful word, okay? Um, and so, as a Christian, under the proper context in which you're using the word, it's not a sinful thing to, to, uh, to employ or to use to describe a certain exercise. Uh, like, like get, you know, you get on the floor and you do something, you say this is like a yoga pose. Mm -hmm. that, that would not be, you're using it generically. Um, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. If, I would say when this, when this class first came up, I was way more apprehensive about even using that word because I thought it was a direct pagan word and it was not. Right. And so as Christians, we, so there's, there's, a, there's a number of tensions that we're wrestling with. One is that we need to be people of truth and we need to use equal weights and measures. In, in other words, we need to be fair and not allow um, either traditions or feelings to to cause us to judge things certain ways become legalistic yeah we have to assess things rightly as to what they are so, so that's why I signed off on using that term because as I studied the what's called the epistemology or the the, the root of that word I realized that it's it's a it just means bind now sometimes there's there's things where it's maybe not sinful right like this uh, like the you can use yoga. You can have that class, right? Be a Christian, um, but then it's there's a sense too where it's not the most wise. You can't right. disassociate Maybe. it in the culture. Yeah. So, right. so like like with Islam, like like first of all, there are health benefits. Which I'm sure you guys are going to get into with yoga, which is the predominant purpose of it, right? It's not for anything else but health purposes. Which is but, what comes up when you search yoga on the yeah, internet. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. like if if so, there are certain practices that wouldn't necessarily be sinful in and of themselves. For instance, if I wore like a Muslim hat and grabbed a Muslim mat and I went and I faced east and I'm claiming I'm praying towards Yahweh and I wore, you know, Muslim garb, it wouldn't necessarily be sinful praying to Yahweh, but the appearance of it is irredeemable. You can't dis you you cannot in this culture disassociate that. And so it it would be I mean, I, I, again, I'm not going to I think you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to say it's not violating well, just a commandment of, of lying. And it would be an example of eating meat sacrificed to idols. Right. It would be an application of Apostle Paul's teaching on that. There is nothing sinful about eating meat offered to idols because those idols are not real. Right. It's all just barbecue. Like, it doesn't matter. Unless the weaker brother, and by weaker, don't get upset by this. These are people that are either they have a sensitive conscience or they're not. They they just haven't studied this issue enough. And that's what God calls them. They the it's, yes, yes, but it's not like we're making this up. It is a sense in which they're weaker because they haven't strengthened themselves in this area because they haven't studied it out, talked about it, thought about it. Paul is saying, if you're doing that in front of them, yeah. don't do it. Right. Do not do that. Don't cause your weaker brother to stumble. And so I think I think your example is exactly right. Because the Bible, nowhere does the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, talk about a hat that is sinful or a certain style of clothing. So be, as long as it's modest, it's not you know showing off your body. As sinful, 
The Bible does never forbid anybody from kneeling on a mat. Right. The Bible never forbids praying towards the east. None of those things, if you chop them up, are are sinful. Right. Okay. But because of what you just described, you'd be surrounded by all kinds yeah. of people that yeah. are in this quote unquote weaker brother category that would be all kind of bent out of shape. And then they're going to not like, what is this smart guy about? Right. What is he teaching? I'm not listening to him anymore. Yeah. This dude thinks he's a Muslim. Yeah. So, so one of the places that Christians uh, develop the sensitive conscience, and, and you know, rightfully so, thank God for yes. Christians with sensitive consciences, because yes. I have a sensitive conscience about certain doctrines that are not popular. I don't, I don't die for them, but I think it's good. Like, like David, King David, had a sensitive conscience. So much so at what well, times in his life. So much so that when he cut the, the you know the hem of the garment of Saul, you know his conscience pricked him. That's a good thing. And you don't want to be like him later in the story, where yeah. he has everything. He's full and he has a hardened conscience. But uh, Christians often go to First Thessalonians five twenty two, and I've heard this a ton. I went to Bob Jones University, independent fundament, uh, fundamental Baptist you know group, and it's abstain from every form of yes. evil and you know there's there's times i will agree with that for instance the form of putting on you know acting like a muslim um but there are other ones i don't like with halloween or with smoking a cigar or with drinking a scotch just because the world at times abuses those things doesn't make them in and of themselves evil um and so they 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 apply that verse Anywhere they want to, and it's very subjective. Yes, right? whatever. The form I don't of evil like. to them. Whatever and, I don't and, rock and roll would be. Yes, one. yes. And, and by the way, the, the context is: do not despise prophecies, but test everything. So don't despise them. Test them. Hold fast to what's good. Abstain from every form of evil. So the context is doctrine. Actually, uh, is one thing. Mm -hmm. But but I think that's you know Christians, if they're going to develop a well thought out. Uh, system to de you know deny a cultural norm. They need to be. They need to have context in God's word and not have just one verse out of context to make their point and just throw it at people. Right? It doesn't. Yeah. You can't beat people over the head with one verse. What does the entirety of the scripture say? Tota scriptura. Right. Yeah. So with that understanding and that foundation in mind, um, and and talking with the class leader Kate Lopez, we've decided to change the name of the class. Uh, to Kate's class, she's going to be leading it. But then it it, it draws out something that, that we want to do is, is teach. So now that the name has changed, has the practice changed? Our practice hasn't changed, but is it is it still pagan? Should should right. people or believers it's like two issues? Use, One is yeah. the name. The second is the well. Now motions, they're still doing the, stretches the and like is that stretch um, a pagan stretch? And I want to hand this over to you because I, I think uh, Pastor Gary, I, yeah. I think you. As we've talked, you've articulated this well, um, that, that no stretch is a pagan stretch. Like right. people um, and, and ideologies don't have the rights to um, those things. Right. Like, That's so critical. So now I guess you could do, I use this as an example with one of our members that was asking about the stretches. I'm sure there are sinful stretches. Like, like I use the example of your finger. If for some reason in some satanic cult they had this idea that like you need to push your like pull your finger all the way back until it cracks and breaks, okay, that is sinful to do that to your body, right? So 
We're not talking about any of that, though. Anything like that. The Bible does not describe... A couple things here, a couple points. The Bible does not describe anything, either in the Old or New Testament, as a, as a pagan... Um, even a pagan object or a pagan... In and of itself, a pagan object or a pagan pose or a pagan... Uh, in this case, a pagan stretch. It's what makes something pagan, and I really want to stress this, is the thoughts that go into the object. So you could take this lighter right here. Nothing wrong with this, but if I told you that this thing is a god, and this thing is angry with you, and so you need to do certain things for it, right? You either believe that or you don't. The minute you believe that about this lighter right here, now we're dealing with paganism. Right. This lighter is not pagan by itself. It's just sitting here. It's not pagan. So there's no such thing as like or like Christmas tree is another example. Okay. That thing will become pagan so fast if you start looking at that as something that's bringing good spirits into your house and warding off evil spirits. The minute you think that about your Christmas tree, now you've got paganism going on. Right. It's not the tree, it's your head. It's what you are assigning to it. Same thing with these stretching and breathing exercises. If you are assigning certain spiritual dynamics to a stretch, I'm going to release this evil out of me by, by putting my legs a certain way, and I'm going to breathe, and I'm going to breathe in good spirits. That is pagan, very pagan. But if you're stretching your legs and breathing like that in order to strengthen those muscles and in order to control your breathing. Now, believe it or not, I'm not now, and I never have been much of a runner. That may surprise people. <laughs> but from what I understand... Why are you laughing? Why are you, why are you laughing? laughing? I'm laughing you at you laughing. <laughs> you're chuckling. But we from what I understand, I've been talked to people who do run that probably half the battle is controlling your breathing mm -hmm. once you get going. And they actually work on controlling the breathing so you don't start to hyperventilate like I would do, right? Control your, the control of breathing is a good thing. God designed our bodies to react to certain stimulation, whether it's bench pressing or whatever, or stretching to, it breaks those fibers down, and then when it re, I mean, it's as simple as that. And when it rebuilds, it's a tiny fraction stronger. And the next time you do it, and then over time, you've now gotten strength from this, and agility, and, and, and uh, what's the, what's, there's a word for flexibility, like. Uh, agile. Yeah, agile, or dex. Dexterity. Dexterity, all of these things. And the breathing, by the way, the breathing, every major, professional athlete yes. is trained in breathing whether you're a boxer mm -hmm. or a runner or power lifter or anything it, it matters you know breathe in through your nose let yes. out through yeah. your mouth the, the paces the beats right. so there are clear like benefits to it but just God, just, just so to God designed again. this the pagans then took what God designed they recognized the goodness yes. of it 100%. Right. And then they said, oh, instead of giving God glory mm -hmm. for the results of these exercises, they said this exercise is beneficial because 
this juju comes on you or whatever they're telling them. Right. That's the problem. They are, so I guess in a sense we're redeeming it, but really they perverted it. They're the ones who loaded all kinds of meaning behind this stuff and they don't have the authority to do that. And it right. can go the other way around to who, where who it's good. what's good and evil? God does. Right. But in it, the Bible, not the pagans. It can go the other way to where plowing your field is good. It's a good thing to plow your, your, your field. But in the scripture it says the plowing, uh, the wicked plow the field and it's sin to them. You know, the wicked plow and it's and it's sin to them. So you can you can do good things and if you're a sinner outside of Christ, you're still in sin. So yes. just pointing out it can go. So if somebody ways. says to me that crossing your legs this way or putting your head your feet behind your head or whatever they whatever they do in there, okay, that, that is that's 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 pagan. My question then is, says who? Okay, how do I know that's pagan? Well, the pagans teach that it is. Mm -hmm. Who gave them the authority right. to define that? Mm -hmm. Nobody. God never gave them that authority. They don't have the authority to tell us what is and is not true, what is and is not godly, quote-unquote, or spiritual. Mm -hmm. they're, so they're, they're doing something they should have no business doing. God does, did never give them the authority. So I don't have to, this gets really good, I don't have to follow their rules. I don't have to acknowledge them or their authority to define this stuff. So you can bench press, you can put your head behind, your feet behind your head. You All of these things, the difference between that, well for me it would be like bending my finger all the way back, but for those of you that are in shape, like the reaction to that stimulation of those muscles is beneficial. If you do it correctly with the right form, and you're, you know, you can injure yourself doing anything, but if you, and so that's how you know it's of God, because it creates growth, it creates health, it creates all kinds of good benefits. So you know it's of God, because God designed your body to do that. So we, re, we understand the weaker brother issue on the use of the word yoga, because we have two options as pastors. About once a month, we could sit down with somebody for an hour and talk about this with them and explain to them the, the history of the word yoga and all that. Or we can just say, you know what, this is just not worth it, so we're going to have Kate's class instead. But we will not back off of the stretching part of it because there's no need to. And by doing that, by acknowledging somehow that the pagans have the right to define these things as spiritual, it's giving them an authority in our church that they don't have. It's not They don't have that authority to do that. And those stretches are very beneficial. I'd encourage any of the ladies to go do this. So now. that's the thing now, too, is like if, if you're curious about the stretches as a pagan, just go to the class. Um, yeah. So I know it's going to be taking a hiatus this month with the holidays coming up and, and everything. But like in January when it picks back up, check it out. And it, it may not be your thing. Like you literally may be like, yeah, this is exercise and I don't care for, you know, like this is not my thing. It's not what I'm going to do every other Thursday. But um, at least one time, go check it out and, and see how Kate is leading this class so well, yes. just praying for the ladies, praying with the ladies at the class. Like Kate's in a great class. Worship too. music. Yeah, like it, and 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 Pastor Gary's right. Like, yeah, practice yoga. Right, right. She does not. You not know, a she, pagan. She, not a pagan whatsoever. Loves the Lord. Yeah, loves the Lord. Loves the Word of God, and it, it has no. <laughs> the only thing she wants to do 
is encourage the ladies to be fitness, healthy. yeah, be healthy and, and fellowship the relationships. Yeah. And there, I think there's some noteworthy uh, caveats just to mention. I don't think anybody's going to go this far, but gestures do mean things in, within cultures, within right? Cultures, yes. so, so my the middle, middle finger, finger yeah. means something. Well, who, now, who, which, pres- to, which president did the peace George sign? George H.W. Bush. Oh, was it? When he was yeah. leaving, I think it was Japan. I was a kid, but I think it was Japan, I think. And he went like this. And that, oh, that's right. The two fingers, that yes. was their middle finger. So that's and a perfect church, example. Yeah. You Winston, imagine, you Winston imagine, Churchill, it looks, too, like, it looks like he was uh, flipping everybody off. Flipping everybody off on his well, way out of town. So he's just trying to say, like, peace. <laughs> so some, some cultures, you don't look a person straight in the eyes. Now, I think right. that's ridiculous, but that's just offensive. You don't shake hands in some cultures. Oh, there, there's all kinds yeah. of culture. So you want to be sensitive. We're not just saying, oh, the pagans Paul identify told us that. To be. Yes, be, be respectful. Right, uh, and and also you don't want to have your house. Okay, well the Buddha, the Buddha, uh, the what's what's the Buddha statue? You know, little Buddha statue. Buddha. There's a name. Okay, so you don't want to have a bunch of Buddha statues around those. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. You know, you, people come in your house. You you really think they're going to understand the that difference? That little statue now, I had in the office. Go- now now if you have Dude, if you have found, if you have a library if you have a library with collections of things you've purchased around the world. Like there, again, I don't think there's a problem because no. it, it's it's a display showing your travels. Is and it a sin to own a Book of Mormon? In your no, library? no. Now, now to read it and believe it, yes. Bingo. <laughs> you know, but, to stu- but to study it and to understand, uh, it. understand it to be able to combat it. So it, again, what Gary's saying is absolutely true. And there's always some person out there who's like, oh, well, nothing matters. Nothing I do matters. No. Because God associates. My, the intention of my heart, and there there are Christians I've met who though. who it's it's like it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. It's like I mean I get what you're saying, that but it's not because words mean something too, right? Using the GD language oh, or sure. you know OMG, it's like that means something in this culture. Now, do most teeny boppers think OMG is like they're they're you know uh, taking God's name in vain? No, but they they. You know, in general, we just want to be sensitive. That's that's Wait, the only Paul caveat. Said, I would there's give. a couple places. Yeah. One, where, my, Mark is our encyclopedia. Which the passage huh. talks about the weaker brother? Which uh, which passage? Which passage? Oh, passage is uh, chapter eight and nine. Yes. Okay. That, that's what I was going to say. I was just checking to make sure Mark knew that. <laughs> um, but there's that passage where Paul says, "Don't do that." Then right. Like you're talking about the Buddhas and the this yes. and the this and the this, and then the other is where uh, where he's talking about I become all things to all men. Right. So part of that means that if you're with the Corinthian people, there may be certain things you don't do yes. because you're being like them. Right. We're not dealing with gospel issues. We're, not, we're dealing with cultural issues. Why? It's not worth it. It's yeah. not. You're distracting. You're now you're discussing whether or not the word yoga has a legitimate epistemology and you're talking about it for an hour and okay fine you want maybe you want to do that one time in your life okay this is not something you want to keep having to keep doing because right. now what are we not talking about yeah. we're not talking about the gospel we're not right. you know so paul that was that that's so that's not our counsel that's from our the apostle paul he has counseled us he has commanded us on these issues if you're aware of a quote unquote the weaker brother situation or cultural things 
you become like them. You acknowledge those things and you don't flaunt your liberty yes. in front of them like that. And one of the best things you've shared with me in the past, Gary, is that the weaker brother, we want to accommodate them, but we, we don't want them to stay there. No. I've been the weaker brother in the past many times over different issues. And through maturity and the Christian faith, I've grown up. I'm not saying I'm not the weaker brother in some instances. I, I certainly am. But... Um, yeah, so we don't want people to stay there. Don't if you're if you're a weaker brother, and I'll admit I am in certain areas. So this isn't an insult, but if We've you are, there, don't yeah. use that as an excuse to stay there. Now, no. don't just jump ship no. off your position. Exactly. You never want to violate your conscience. Oh well, you know these three, pa- you know right. two pastors <laughs> can't say, oh it's it's okay. So no, you want to research, you want to pray, you want to study, you want to talk about it. So don't just believe what people are saying study it out for yourself Learn, yeah. and and hear both sides of it at least yes yeah. yes final thoughts yeah I, hey thank god for yoga yeah. and i mean really it's it's a the the stretching and breathing of it it's it's something that god gave to us now I, i'm i'm extending that obviously to just exercise in general thank god he he made our bodies in such a way where we have to work now, it's unpleasurable under the fall, but we have That's to work curse. to maintain them. You know, we intake of energy, out, you know, outtake of, or outgo of, outflow of energy. But God is very wise the way he has created us. And um, we're to use the wisdom he's given to us to know what's right and what's wrong right. and to not call what's right wrong and vice versa, which our culture loves doing. Everything, everything right is wrong in this culture and everything wrong is right, it seems like. Uh, one thing I say is that every single person that was concerned about yoga at, at our church I want to commend you for that because you should be darn concerned yes if pagan stuff is coming into the church mm-hmm. okay and if and so that is not uh, that's not a bad thing yeah and we had to recalibrate what we were thinking about this we thought we could explain explain it one time and move on right. and it's not and it's that shows us that there are multiple people in our church that are not ignorant and yes. they do care about the things of God and the purity of the gospel and, and our witness because uh, you and there was someone else that had said like if you heard of a church that had yoga you would instantly think they were I, I would yes They're, if I'm you know driving I mean? by the, the mega church up the street and I saw yoga classes because of how they are I would think they were completely woke Gospel was well, lesbian pastor. Right, right. And, and to your point, Gary, this shows character from you. And don't stop doing that. Don't mm-hmm. when you feel concern, I mean don't be pedantic, but when you have a concern words. It, it's it show it shows that you no love God. Him. I don't even know what pedantic means, it but just when means Mark ultra, says it, ultra detailed. Like you're just you're just I knew that. I just wanted you to say it. Well, I was yeah. just checking so, to make sure you knew. Well, I use words I don't I try to learn a new one each week. It's it's been a long what was time. What's the other one you just came up with? Came up with? Came up? No, not came up with what we said we need to bring back the circulation. Oh, gravitas. Gravitas. Solemnity. Yes. yes. All right. So, so this this shows you love God and His people and keep doing it because you know we could be wrong. Mm-hmm. We need to be we need to be held accountable. The Bereans That's why we're not the apostles. Yes. Yeah. And we're not we're not you know Catholicism here. We don't have a one you know mm-hmm. one man at the top of the. The, the whole structure. So keep us accountable. We'll do the same for you. You know, you love us. We'll love you. Yes. That's and that's right. not contingent. <laughs> yeah. We hope that this podcast helps you to put Jesus in the perspective. If you have any questions about this podcast, the previous podcast, or about a relationship with Jesus, 
please email us at engage at newhilloh.com or go to newhilloh.com slash ask to send in your questions and we'll answer them in a timely fashion. All right, church, go and honor God and all that you do. Observe the things he's commanded, provide to the needs of others, and extend the offer that's been extended to you. God Peace. bless. Boom.